to the Hunting Dog Puller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and this is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love, so y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Today's word, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. And today I have fellow podcaster, fellow houndsman, uh, dog food rep, Mr. Josh McKellis. Mr. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great, Cody. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you're a busy man and coming on. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I'm happy to do it. Yes, sir. Now, for those of you that don't know, Mr. Josh works for Joy Dog Food. Um, you hunt coon hounds. you a social media i guess influencer what all what all do you do that's exactly? a that's a terrible that's a terrible <laughs> title but it's so accurate <laughs> what exactly that's the bad thing that's the bad thing is is that it's accurate and uh, i'm an influencer and that just disgusts me in the long run you know yeah. well oh what's funny is they wouldn't even social media back back when we were younger and and now all of a sudden right. it's, it, you're you are a social media influencer Thank goodness there wasn't social media back when I was younger. Oh man, I ain't no telling how many things I'd done that were bad that would have been. Oh really yeah, bad. I'd have been, <laughs> I'd have been canceled. I'd have been canceled before I even got started. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. You're you're pretty much equal to Jake Paul right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just something like that, minus the minus the millions of dollars <laughs> per event that he's bringing in. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh. What do you, what exactly do you do on the day to day? Can you uh, let the guys know? Because I'm sure a lot of people are, are curious. We see you put out podcasts. We see you talking about dog food and all these hunts. What what exactly do you do on the day to day? Um, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Typically, I'm at home. Um, those are my three days at home. Uh, with Stacy and the kids. Uh, that's when I'm I'm still working. Um. On Monday, of course, when I'm not, because I travel back from hunts on Sundays usually. Yeah. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you my Saturday to <laughs> Tuesday routine. Is This is pretty common. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saturday night, I will finish a late round, um, usually anywhere between 3 and 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I'm either filming a pro sport hunt, a PKC hunt, um, or um, participating in or judging in a hunt just about every single weekend. Um, those can vary anywhere from South Carolina, South Texas, to right here by my house, which is in North Missouri, right on the Iowa border. Yeah. And what what I tend to do is leave for home after that late round, which is uh, not a good idea. Yeah. I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, give out. Give <laughs> but, out. Uh, when I'm in the mood to get home and see the see Stacy and the kids, I'm immediately I, I can't go to sleep anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I get in the truck and I drive. Uh, I usually get home Sunday afternoon, uh, three, four, five o'clock in the evening. Um, I try to gut it out until eight thirty. Um, I found that about eight eight thirty is the best time where I can get a solid twelve hours of sleep and get caught back up. And uh, so I'll do that. I'll hang out with the kids. I'll get the dogs taken care of from the kids doing the chores all week wrong, you know, while I've been gone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Having to I'll fix put, I, yes. And I'll always, I always have a couple dogs with me. Uh, so I get those put up and then, uh, I crash out on Sunday night. Now on traveling weeks, sometimes I get the Monday morning podcast out and sometimes I'm so exhausted, you know, going 36 hours at that time without any sleep that I can't even form a coherent sentence. And so yeah. I don't get the Monday morning podcast out. Well, the, and, uh, the reason I ask yeah. is, is because, you know, I know you're obviously going around and, and talking to customers and, and sellers and, and I mm -hmm. see you doing the social media side of it. And I see you at the hunts, like, I guess I didn't realize you took you you had some off time Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because I'm thinking, man, this dude is going nonstop. 
Now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is usually when I get all my podcasts recorded, edited, all my uh, social media posts done. You'll you'll not see me make anything but a casual post usually Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty because I don't want to be on social media. I know as the at the position that I'm in and the requirement that it recalls, but I despise social media. Um, someday when I feel when I feel like hound hunting and and working dog sports are in the place that they need to be, and I've done all I can done, or whichever one comes first, you'll never hear from Josh McHale's again. You may see me at a coon hunt, but I'm going to have one of those flip phones like yeah. my stepdad has or my grandpa, and <laughs> I won't even be able to send a text message. And nobody's going to have my phone number, <laughs> you know, but so it's kind of a, it's a necessary evil in all dog sports and my career and what I'm, what I've got envisioned in the future. But yeah, it's a, uh, that's when I usually do Monday through Wednesdays, usually when I record podcasts, post podcasts, edit podcasts, edit YouTube videos, um, work on other social media aspects. I also hunt, um, usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Uh, because I do always carry a young dog with me yep. and I still like to hunt. Uh, my kids love to hunt, so I'm always taking them out. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's usually, you know, I, I catch up on my week, on my week sleep Sunday night and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm in the home office other than, you know, I, I do a lot of week long hunts where I'm at the world hunt for a week or the Lone Star for a week or Autumn Oaks. And there's, there's a lot of weeks I leave on Tuesday too, but most days, that's what I do. And also I still work with distributors, uh, West Plains Vet Supply down here and the Noe's uh, right here by the house. And I do some sales stuff for them for Joy Dog Food because that's what pays the bills. Yeah. And uh, I'll do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday too. But those are the days that I'm home. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, most of the day Sunday, um, I'm on the road with a dog in the box and a camera in hand. Um trying to get some of this coverage done so i guess it's one of them deals be careful what you wish for you know you you want yeah, dog hunting to be is. big and now it's become yes. a huge undertaking the hard part is being away from the wife and kids yeah um i could imagine i take pride in in being a good family man and and doing the best i can as both a husband and a father and all that stuff and it's taxing on everybody at home uh, but luckily I'm blessed to have good kids. Uh, Stacy's great through all this stuff and you know, it's been, it's been a whirlwind and it's kind of, I kind of had it envisioned. I thought this was what it would be someday, but like you said, be careful what you wish for, cause it is harder <laughs> than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it amazes me and people, a lot, some people do it for malicious reasons and some people don't, but you know, people like to talk crap obviously on the internet but like that mm -hmm. people want more 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 and i'm like dude i have a family i have you know yeah. young kids i have a full-time job this is not paying the bills you right know? And, and a lot of they for, don't for me, they don't understand that we do 99 percent of this out of the goodness of our heart and a lot of people don't realize how much work it is or time mm -hmm. to to do these you know and mm -hmm. you know like you're during your work day and i am too so it, it's it's a tough situation that people say well i don't see why i can't do two or three a week and i'm like yeah <laughs> i know you don't see why I can't. <laughs> yeah but i see why yeah, yeah, yeah we're so. lucky we're lucky in the podcast department i have mike green doing the beagle stuff i have callie simpson doing the retriever stuff and they do such a fantastic job. And I was lucky with Houndsman XP too, before we even launched Field by Joy. Um, you know, I just had to record it, send it to Chris Powell. He'd edit it, he'd put it out. And so I've been blessed and I want, I, I don't want to act like I'm complaining Cody because 20 years ago when I'm digging holes in the ground or even 10 years ago yep. when I'm digging holes in the ground for a living, this would have been my dream. Yeah, yeah. And so you got you got to keep that in perspective too. I don't have it rough. It may seem like I'm complaining every now and then. Yes, I'm busy. Uh, yes, I spend a lot of time on the road. Um, but I've had it much worse. Oh, I get it. I'm <laughs> just saying a lot worse. As a, a a fellow person that does social media and YouTube and whatnot, I, I kind of look right. on the outside in. I'm like, dang, he. 
I couldn't imagine, which I guess it's a little different. You can kind of do yours on Mondays and Tuesdays during work hours where I kind of yeah. got to do, I, it's either family time or social media, you know, I mean, yeah, no, it is what it, it was is. even, it was worse when I had big show game calls and I was still doing a lot of the media stuff and I was putting in 50 or 60 hours a week, uh, drilling holes in the ground. I mean, yeah. it was like, you're, you're talking about you working for the railroad. Um, it's harder on you guys that are still trying to do that nine to five and which a nine to five is just an expression. We yeah, know yeah. ain't no job nine to five, Yeah, but mm-hmm. you guys still doing that. I got more respect for that, that guy like you, that's, that's still, you know, his living is not in hound sports like it is mine. Um, you guys are going to work yeah. and you're, you're building infrastructure and stuff that I think is more important than what I'm doing right now. And so, yeah, I mean, but uh, you're right. A lot of folks don't see that aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, So let me ask this question. Is it not hard to go to these major events and or small events and kind of have to be the, because in my mind, you can't hunt and do coverage. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's horrible. And I have people like, why don't you go to these hunts and interview? And I'm like, dude, I'm, if I'm going to the hunts, I'm hunting. I don't, yeah. You know, if I'm taking time, I, I, and that's the, my feelings, obviously, if I go, I want to hunt in the event. And is that hard or was that hard learning curve at beginning? Or is that something that was easy? It was horrible and it's still horrible. Uh, I am a houndsman at heart and a competitor. I'm a, I'm one of the most competitive people you're ever going to meet. Uh, the only thing that I like more than winning is, uh, winning big, <laughs> Yeah, <I laughs> you know? That. Um, and so, yeah, it was a learning curve. Uh, it started with big show productions when I got to go film some of the best hogs on the best dogs on the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking, I've got Kevin Cable and Lane Denny after both their world championships. And I'm filming them and I got Ruby coming over to the house and doing a, a big episode with her. And, you know, I had a lot of good dogs. You got shock and all that stuff. And my dogs were featured on that stuff too. Yeah. But to go and know or think, I don't, I don't know, but think that I have something to compete with those dogs and not turn them loose with them is really, really difficult for me. And it still is like, you know, I'm in the, I'm a, in a blessed situation to see some of the best dogs on the planet go, you know, every weekend, Yeah. you know, I'm in the finals of every major, uh, event. I've seen world champions crowned. I've seen truck hunt winners crowned. I've seen hundred thousand dollar winners crowned and the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I would handle it this way, or I would do it this way. And I want my dog here someday. And it is, you do have to take a back seat and you got to tone all that stuff back. And it is, it's hard. Because there's, I've got opportunities. I could call Finley right now and say, get me a dog, um, get me the entries and let me be there. And he would do it. No questions asked. Um, but I know that's not the best place for me right now. And so I got to refrain from that. And yeah, it's, it sucks. (laughs) I mean, I really want to win a truck. I really want to win a world championship. And as a guy who's been close, you know, at some of these major events, and just not quite got over the hump, it breaks my heart to do this sometimes. But that's part of it. Uh, you got to look at the positive things at, at what I get to do for a living and then weigh that against, you know, your competitive spirit, your competitive edge, and what you want to do. And, you know, this is the route I chose to take. Yeah. I mean, I get it. And, but I've had, obviously, we get, we don't get near as many inboxes as I'm sure y'all do, but, we get the, why don't y'all go and cover this or go and cover that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, if I'm traveling 10 hours and I'm going to be away from my family, I'm going to compete. That's just, yeah, that's it. And, and you can't, and the problem with this is that I feel like you can't halfway be in like, yeah, I can't, I, it's hard to cover after you lose. Maybe you win a couple of rounds. Well, then people are trying to pick up in the middle of an event. That's really not fair to them. Yeah. You know, yep. it's a, it's no, a bad situation. Want it- it is terrible because if I go to compete, I don't want no camera on me. I don't want no camera in my hand. I don't want to do any interviews. And that's tough when I'm doing what I'm doing because from a handler's point of view, I understand it. I get it. Yeah. These guys don't want to worry about a one-hour podcast in the middle of one of their events. You know, they want to win a truck. That's what they're there for. And so 
I, it's hard for me sometimes to ask these guys, Hey, why don't you sit down with me for an hour? Or, Hey, why don't you wake up an hour earlier after you just got done losing your fourth late round in a row at the world hunt and <laughs> yeah. do, uh, do yeah. an interview be with happy you, you know? to be so, on here. You should be happy. Exactly. Yes. And some guys are, and I credit to them because I appreciate them more than they can know. Uh, some guys, as you know, Cody, are more than willing to be on the podcast and they relish it. Uh, but some guys are a hard, uh, a hard sell. Uh, Doug Compton is one of them. Doug Compton's a guy that I've been trying to do a podcast with for three years and keeps shutting me down. So, if Doug, you're listening to this. <laughs> you want to talk about bone collector? Give me a call. But uh, there's there's a few guys, you know. But yeah, I don't. I try to explain to my office, you know, I've got a I've got a boss and I've got coworkers and stuff, and they're saying, hey, I want you to get this and I want you to get that because it's good for Joy Dog Food. And I'm saying, look, these guys. They don't want to do all that business yeah. and I don't want to bug them. And so credit to all the handlers that allow me to do that for them. Uh, you're really helping the sport and you're helping me personally and guys like you, Cody, but it's, it's hard to come from a handler's point of view and go to the media side when all I really want to do is compete. And then I understand that the, that what they're going through on a week to week basis, just trying to win too, is not conducive to what I want to do with them. Yeah. And I think, the the biggest problem I normally have about getting people on are the older generation that yeah so so the news sources go out here and and make somebody might say you know whatever the sky's blue and they turn it around yeah. to make it look like you said this big long bad thing mm-hmm. and they think that I'm going to get them on here and change up what they say to make them look bad or they're going to say something that offends somebody and and i'm like look what you say is what's going to be put on here i'm not changing what you're saying but for whatever reason in their mind they're like well i don't want to say something that offends somebody or whatever and i just such a cancel culture and it blows my mind yeah and i know that and i'm i'm not a big fan of normal media either um I don't, I don't watch the news. Yeah. I don't see, I, half the time, I didn't even know Israel and Palestine were at war until about six days after, Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, uh, it is different. Uh, my generation, um, they're kind of on the back. I'm 43 years old and they're kind of on the back end of watching, you know, some of the media, the traditional media. And, you know, part of my generation does not consume traditional traditional media. They're a lot like myself. And so it's kind of a balancing act between that and the older, the older hunters and the older houndsmen and and tree dog guys and and working dog guys, sometimes they have the best knowledge and they don't know how to portray it. Yeah. You know, they're used to, they're used to those days where anybody that was in front of the camera wore a certain thing and talked a certain way. And they're not used to the, to the Rogan, uh, generation like I am. Yes. You know, they're not used to that long form podcast stuff and, you know, being able to just be honest in front of the camera. And so to, to catch all that, sometimes you're right. It's difficult with the older, the older dog men. I have a guy <laughs> that's in his early forties that I was talking to. He was like, I heard that radio thing that y'all done. <laughs> How many times we get, what radio station are you on? Where can I watch this podcast? I'm like, Uh, you know, don't work that way. So, so me and my buddy, Shane Mason, you know, Shane, we started a kind of like a video podcast thing and it's on YouTube. I've had Shane's so, fantastic, by the Shane, way. You, no, no, no discredit to you, Cody, but yeah, I do love Shane, me and Shane had a good time hunting together. Shane is a character. Boy, ain't no telling what he's going to. He tells about how he's a two-time. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that comes out tomorrow, which this will be next week's episode, but the one that's already come yep. out, apparently, he talks about how he's a two-time critter champion back in like two. I, he explained, you know, about the <laughs> – I don't know if y'all know about critter critter champions, but uh, it's got to do with oh, guys and gals now. riding around in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> i can just imagine so i can just imagine so he's a character but man i so it's on youtube and i'm like yeah. you know subscribe and i've got these guys saying well how much is it to subscribe and i'm like oh yeah what do you mean like like how much is it to subscribe to your podcast i'm like it's free what are you talking yeah. oh heck i hadn't been watching it but it's because i thought i had to pay money to see it and i'm like oh yeah 
the generation. Yeah, is- getting it getting it out there, especially because hound hunters and hunters in general get older per capita every year. Yes. Yes. Uh we're trying to change that just like I know you are, Cody. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're trying to bring some more youth. But the youth, the TikTok generation, um, and the Instagram generation, they are actually the future of the sport. And yeah. to to deny that is only doing everybody a disservice. And the bad um, part they is, are, is they shun you away from that on TikTok. Yes. Yeah, they do. And there's, you know, Go Wild's a good platform, but not everybody. You don't, you're not going to get the viewership yet. Maybe it'll get there someday. And there are other platforms. I'm, we're looking. One thing about with the Elite Handler Series and Canestream Media, I've been on a platform search. The bad thing is, Cody, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Yeah. The best platform for what I want to do is OnlyFans. <laughs> is oh, what? OnlyFans? <laughs> it is. Uh, you know God, what? I mean, God I God forbid it. we get. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a subscription base. Yeah, um, cast it to your content, TV. You pay by the all money. the content you can put. Um, oh, they Lord. take less. They take less per prescription price than anybody else. How many divorces um, is going to be caused because they see OnlyFans on their credit yeah, card? Yeah, they bill. see OnlyFans on the deal. So <laughs> we're not going to do it. But I wish they would change the name like real quick. Oh man! If they if they change the name real quick, I would I would get on there, and that is where a lot of mainstream media stuff would be. Yeah, well, you know, I I I'm on Go Wild. I'm personally not. I hate the idea of Facebook being such a democratic. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like a, I guess what a form of social media. Yeah. But dude, they've got the best. <laughs> like it's set up I, the best, do. in my opinion. Yeah, that they uh, do. I mean, you look at where all the hunters are um it's on facebook and i hate when i hit that little freaking stupid blue f it makes me want to puke about every time i do it but that's where folks are um that's part of the business even you know with joy dog food or selling pups or whatever you know that that's that's where everybody is that's where you got to go and i don't see that changing anytime soon because you know i figure five or six years the the tree dog people will be on instagram and then another five to six years it'll be a you know tiktok and then another five to six years it'll be youtube we're always five years behind everybody else yeah yeah i agree now i guess we've touched on it some before we get into the elite handler series i'm curious Mm -hmm. so how did you get into the video inside of this like i I think i heard you have a youtube channel before you was doing it joy Yeah, I do. And that's how that's actually through my YouTube channel is how um, I guess I don't want to say discovered uh, how Chris Powell with Houndsman XP um, first seen me and heard of me uh, was through social media and and YouTube. And then uh, that is how Joy Dog Food heard of me. And that is how I landed the current position I'm in today. Um, But we started Big Show Productions, I believe, in 2017 or 18. Uh, some of my old videos suck so bad I deleted them there. Embarrassing. <laughs> I've been there, done that. <laughs> but yeah, but we had our first really breakthrough moment. And credit to Kevin Cable and uh, Lane Denny because I've had I've I've always thought head to head hunts um, with both squirrel dogs, uh, coon hounds, even beagles, retrievers, all these breeds, and all these working dog types. Uh, I thought head to head was the future. Yeah. Um, there's less, there's less ground needed. It's easier to film, uh, all that stuff. And so I got my first head to head hunt back in 2019 with the PKC world champion versus the UKC world champion. And, uh, you know, them guys did that for nothing. Kevin Cable drove all the way out from Ohio and I paid for their lodging. I gave them some gas money and that was it. You know, I, I got them a good lodge. I, I booked some sponsors, just buddies that I know. Uh, most of it was out out of my own money, um, hired a judge, and I went out there holding the camera in 2019, and that's kind of how I got my break. You know, everybody, I think it was 30,000 views or something like that. People watched that, that and uh, the YouTube channel kind of took off. I had no idea how to monetize it, and I still don't. It's never, I've never made a dime on my YouTube channel. You and me both. You and me both. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know how to, and I didn't care. You know, I yeah. had a job. Um, I had a comfortable living 
Uh, I've been full poor before. I wasn't scared to be poor again. And so, you know, I just did it for, I did it for fun. Yeah. And, uh, next, next thing, you know, uh, anybody that knows me, my brother's the same way, but on a different level because he has, he has more money, <laughs> but we go all out. Um, if one day I decide that I'm going to own a camel farm, I'll have the nicest camel farm on the planet. Amen. You know, that's just the way I am. And so I started filming hunts and then Next thing you know, I'm looking at the best way to film hunts and I'm looking at the best products to do it with. And it just kind of, that's kind of always been where I wanted to go. And, but the YouTube channel, it kind of launched me, I guess, and gave me the opportunity with Houndsman XP both and Joy Dogwood. So, so you would, I guess, kind of contribute the podcast and the, maybe I guess your job now and, and the video and it all kind of to you starting off with a camera and video and some hunts it did and a lot of that was from big show game calls um i remember when i started big show game calls everything was to sell coon squalor to be honest uh to be completely transparent um the only reason i started the youtube channel was to sell coon squalor and the only reason i started the call company was to build the YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> I want at that, at that time I wanted to be known. You know, yeah. I, I'd want a little, but you know, you, when you're young, you get that whole you know nobody's seeing me and I want to be seen type yeah. thing, which I I got I got over pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's where it all stemmed from. And when I started Big Show Game Calls, I used because I've always coon hunted. I've always had hounds uh, ever since I was five or six years old. But I loved waterfowl hunt. Always have loved it. And so uh, I was buying calls from Ducklander, which is a great call company, um, but they were expensive. And I thought, you know, I've always also been my hillbilly heritage comes out and I'm like, you know, I could make that. I could do yeah. that instead of paying for that. And so I started making calls and then it led to coon squallers and then it led to um, a pretty good business. And then, you know, one thing led to another and here I am. So, so in my mind, and I'm probably naive, but like, so most coon hunters <laughs> I've seen only have one squaller mm -hmm. and, and coon hunting's kind of a niche. So in mm -hmm. my mind, coon squallers is kind of like, I, I guess that blows my mind that making a living off of something like that, I don't. I, I, you'd I be surprised. Uh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'd have never thought. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Um, it got to the point, it's been three years since I've sold Big Show Game Calls, or maybe four. I'd have to check, because I have a five-year non-compete. Yeah. can't build another one for a while. Um, but I would venture to guess, Cody, and this is going to be on low-end estimates, that I sold 20,000 coon squalors um, in three bro. years. Wow. And a lot of a lot of those are repeat customers. A lot of those was my marketing uh, towards building something new all the time. Yes, you know, because everybody has one coon squaller. You're only going to buy one or two Timothy Ball coon squallers. They're all the same. Yeah, yeah. Why would you uh, buy uh, uh, the same kind, the same color? Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Unless it broke. You know, and I, uh, you know, I I marketed them well. I I I tried to innovate and to make something new. And it got to the point where I was either going to have to go all in and build coon squalors full time or sell the business. And, uh, you know, it was such a, it was a difficult decision to make, but also it was a deal where even if I went all in, I'm locked in at a, at a pretty medium income, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm only going to make so much selling coon squalors. And it was a, a 24 seven grind and nonstop hustle, not only to just make them, but to market them. Yep. And, and have I still feel ideas and exactly. And I, I feel like in the Phoenix series too, I built the best coon squalor to ever be made and that ever will be made. And so how do you improve on that? Everything else is a lie. Yep. And so there are so know, many got the ways point. to build a wheel. Exactly. You know, I've built yep. the best wheel possible. If I say the next one is better than the last one, I'm not going to be truthful, and <laughs> my words my words pretty important, so yeah. I just quit. What about you know, these I businesses that's always going out of business, but they never go out of business? Exactly, that going out of business <laughs> sale, fifty percent off. When when and actually the next they still month make a forty percent profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was at the point where I needed to sell it or go full out and I wasn't going to risk my reputation or my word to go full out. And the guys that took it over, um, done a really good job of just keeping the base, base market, base level. And they were happy with where they were going. Didn't need to grow a whole bunch. You know, they wanted to grow a little, um, but yeah, Wyatt Monin's taken over that and he's an honest guy too, like myself. And he sells a lot of squalors and it's a side hustle for him and that's what it's going to be. And he does great with it. So I'm happy they got it. Um, they still do fantastic work and make a fantastic squalor. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a good time to get out, but that was the business that I was looking at whenever I come to the point where, you know, I'm going to have to either pardon my French, uh, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So I got off the pot. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Now, I guess that brings us to the big, I guess the thing that's got everybody buzzing. It tickles me to death to see all these people complaining about this and that. But mm-hmm. So how did the elite handler series idea, like, was that your idea? Somebody bring it to you. It was, it was my idea, and I came up with it. Well, you figure my first head-to-head was it head-to-head hunt was in 2019. Uh, I wanted to do this in 2017, but I didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you know, yes, and that is important. And now I'm in a position where, um, am I rich? No, but I have a little bit of disposable income. Yeah, and Wade Grashwitz is my partner in the Elite Hander Series and Canestream Media, and He's helped me a bunch and we've got to the point where my dream or my vision, I guess, could be come, could be brought to fruition and we're doing it. Um, it's going to be because I've always thought that the, the characters in this sport, and I don't care if you're talking about squirrel dogs, bird dogs, coon hounds, you name it. The, the characters in this sport are marketable. Yes, um, they are. They're they're different uh they're what especially right now in this environment that the united states wants to see and you know it's been done before all this that i'm done has been done before with other sports you look at who'd ever heard of alligator hunting Mm -hmm. before before those shows you know who'd who'd ever heard of gold mining before gold rush oh i love it nobody yeah, I do too. My kid, my kid is not going to miss gold. Rush. I've never, I've never missed an episode in like ten years. No, that's why I haven't either. And uh, some of them I would miss for a while. And then Jace's, you know, my boy's like, "Hey, we need to buy that season gold rush and watch yeah. that thing." <laughs> and so, you know, you you look at that and what people are consuming and what people need. And I thought it was a golden opportunity to bring hound sports, uh, working dog sports, uh, to the forefront. And yes, I realize it's a long, hard road to hoe, but I'm in the position now to, to try it. Maybe it won't work. Maybe I'll be in the soup line here in a month or two. Uh, but I'm hoping that enough people will have my back and want to see this that will make it a go. You know, I, I don't coon hunt. Very well, let me rephrase that. I coon hunt with my buddies, but... Here mm-hmm. lately, it's it's hard with family and stuff like that. I don't own a coon dog, but I still watch yeah. y'all's coverages. I still watch. I still listen to coon hunting podcasts I, just because yeah. I enjoy doing it. Now, it's not what, per se, my cup of tea, but I still enjoy doing it. And I think that there's a lot of people out there like that. You know, I've got buddies that all they do is run deer dogs, but they still watch right. squirrel hunting and they watch deer hunting and coon hunting and everything. So I think us as houndsmen have to stick together because if we don't, then we might none of us be able to to hunt with hounds. Well, I love working dogs. Um, Since I've been a young kid, a dog that doesn't have a job has always been pretty worthless to me. Yeah. Uh, Even, even my pets have a job, you know, I can't help it. That's just the way I'm wired. And there's a lot of folks out there like me. And there's a lot of folks out there in the suburbs um, with a something doodle that would love to see Kurt Aaring talk about his dog. Yeah. You know, the, those people out there exist too. And those are the people we got to bring into the sport. Because 
yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to consume it. Um, at that 4 a.m. mark, when when someone's live on a pro sport truck series, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And but I'm a I'm a houndsman. I'm a dog man. I'm a I'm a guy that enjoys that stuff. The mm-hmm. trick is getting those people that don't enjoy that stuff yet to enjoy that stuff. Or and even letting them that, know that, is that, that it exists. Like a lot of people yeah, would exactly. watch it, they just don't know where to watch it, how to watch exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. And we have to bring entertainment uh surrounding dog sports to the masses. And the only way to do that in my eyes is through competition mm-hmm. and characters. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the best the best characters compete, not all the time. You know, there are some there are some old hide hunters that I would sit down and talk to for hours and enjoy. And I think that other people would enjoy. Um, but that is a rarity. And so you get the guys that are that are entertaining, that are fun to watch, that are good in front of the camera, and you put them in front of the camera. Yeah. And then you get it to where people can watch it. And then you get it to where the viewership is up and sponsorships want to pay for it. And then that's how you fund all this stuff. Um yeah, I it, it's a long road to hoe, and it's been done in a lot of other sports, but making dog sports a spectator sport is our end goal, and that's what we hope to accomplish because that's going to help everybody in the long run, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, so I had somebody mention to me, well, don't you – it's called the Handler Series – I would take it away from the dog. And I said, well, here's the deal. You could have the very best two dogs in the world. Mm-hmm. And if there are two handlers stand side by side and they say, strike my dog, treat my dog. And they walk to the tree and they get zero excitement and say, there's oh. the coon. And that's, it is so dry. I said, it, unique. And, and Shane Mason and I have been talking about it like a UFC yeah. press conferences. The ones where people yep. have a little bit of a drama, have this or that, have the bigger watches just because people want to see it. And yes. that's kind of what we're doing with the other podcast. You know, we poke, we, we kind of stick a little bit of a stick in the ant pile and stir it up because <laughs> if you get people talking, it gets eyes. You get, you get viewership. Yep. And I just think that, you know, it could be the best handler in the world if they're not, if they're going to get on there and they're going to be dry and not a little bit charismatic or whatever, it's going to be a tough, like you said, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Yes. And yep. We want competitors first. Uh, competitors are first. Mm-hmm. Them guys, I had uh, Cole Perriman message me today. I want to hunt. I've had three or four other handlers message me, said, find me a hunt. I want to, I want to compete. I want to get my record up. Those are what we like. We want guys that want to be here that want to be in front of the camera, uh, that want to get that elite handler series record up. And those are the guys that usually are entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, we filmed our first hunt. Our first hunt's going to come out here pretty quick. Uh, Billy Bell and Michael Ward. That is the number seven handler in Michael Ward. That's the number 10 handler in Billy Bell. And they competed, and I've never seen two guys want to win a cast more than these two guys did. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's something they, they want. They want to win. They want to get up in them rankings. They want to be noticed. And that's what we're looking for. You know, you're not, you're not going to get on the Elite Handler Series roster unless you want to be there. You don't yeah. want to be there? That's fine. Yeah, but uh, someone's gonna be, and someone's gonna be here, and someone's gonna get the recognition. And so, you know, what I tell them handlers is, why, why not you? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're great. Uh, be in front of the camera, uh, compete, want to be there, and you're gonna get your shot. But the thing about these handlers is, why we call it the Elite Handler Series, is because if you took every single dog Michael Ward has right now and took it away from him. He's going to get another mm-hmm. and he's going to be there and he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them guys in the top 30 are the same way. They're not one dog wonders. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, the dogs come and go, but those handlers stay. Those guys will know how to find a winner. They'll know how to get them right and they know how to compete. And that's why we're highlighting those guys. And yeah, we're going to leave some people out because we can't have, we don't have room for everybody. I get it. But 
you know, the, the, like I told, you know, everybody that, you know, commented or messaged the nine, eight, 9,000 people that messaged me when I wonder why I'm not there. <laughs> You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. You go in. We're, we got our eyes on you. You go in. You get ready to compete, and you'll get your shot. I got to laughing. So it it tickles me to death because everybody with a keyboard has a voice, and mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, every it's the only reason I have a voice too. But uh, it's funny because I saw people on there putting "Who the hell voted on these people?" And Chris oh, Powell yeah. put, "I didn't." So don't. <laughs> I put, we didn't either, so don't bring the pitchforks over here. <laughs> oh, we do. We did have we have five media members that yeah. voted on the top ten, I got you. and that will vote on that. And uh, you want to go on out them I, right now? <laughs> no, no, heavens it. no, because their their inbox would I'll blow up, it. and they would never vote again. Oh, I play it. But I, yeah, they're. Oh, was I shocked when Strickland was one and Weed was two? You bet. I really? thought weed should have been one and Strickland should have been in the top five, of course, yeah. maybe two. Um, but I didn't vote. Now, now uh, did y'all say have... standings off the last year or so or ever? How, how, whatever, what, whatever. what handler, what handlers have done in the last year competition okay. year was the initial. And now once, um, the EHS starts, which it has the only way to move up or down in the rankings is by elite handler shares win. And so you look at Michael Ward at seven, Billy Bell at 10. Uh, when that hunt airs, there will be a, a switch in the top 10. Yeah. Okay. You know, but it's only, it's only due after the initial rankings, it's only due to what happens in the elite handler series. Now, what about it? Is it going to be a deal to where you, I heard, I know it's going to be on YouTube and obviously I've already researched a little mm -hmm. bit of this. So I have an idea, but I've got to ask for everybody else. Um, how are people going to be able to watch it? The exhibitions, um, the first few, I'm guessing three or four, will be available on YouTube uh, free of charge. Uh, we're going to eat the cost because these handlers get paid. They don't only they don't only get paid to win. So in some cases, they get paid to show. Yeah. And so we're paying money out. Uh, I spent a lot of money in these first. I'm filming another one tomorrow night. I'm filming another one Tuesday. Um, we're spending a lot of money paying these handlers uh, because they deserve it. These guys have yeah. worked really hard. Uh, they're showing up. Billy Bell showed up on late notice. Um, that was supposed to be weed. Weed couldn't make it. Uh, I understand the circumstances, but part of being a promoter is being able to plug someone in and yes. making sure that the, the hunt still happens. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that. Uh, we gave, people show money we gave people win money is that going to be the case every time one of these happens no yeah. uh but for a, for a late minute replacement you know you're gonna you're gonna have to give them something these guys are gonna travel they're gonna take time out of, away from their kids and their family and hunting their dogs and stuff um they deserve something and so we we we're paying all this right now but eventually most of these hunts are going to be pay-per-view and we're still looking at platforms. Uh, the idea eventually, probably uh, at the start of 2025, is a Roku channel. And so you'll be I able like to go home. Idea. Yes, you'll turn on Cane Stream Media on Roku. You'll have all these working dog events and competitions. Uh, you'll pay a monthly membership, and it's there just like Netflix or YouTube Premium or Paramount Plus or whatever you're subscribing to. And we'll have enough content there to keep you entertained. and you know, the subscribers will, will pay the bills and we're just hoping, I know we're going to lose money in 2023 and probably in 2024, uh, we're hoping to turn a profit in 2025. Uh, we're looking a long ways in advance and we can only go so long without turning a profit where we shut the doors and it's a done deal. And oh yeah. They say, nice idea, Josh, but it didn't <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great idea, Josh. But yeah. so yeah, I loved it, but you know, too bad. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, is, uh, are y'all, I understand that this is still in the works, but are y'all hoping to have something once a week, once a month, once every two weeks? Uh, once starting in 2024, uh, January 1st, 2024, there will be, uh, three uploads a week to our YouTube premium channel. Okay. 
And so you will have content at least three days a week uh, starting in 2024. Our first tournament is in March of 2024. Uh, that'll be a pay-per-view event where only the members are going to be able to watch it. And that is eight of the best handlers in the country um, competing in a coon hunt. Uh, we're looking at probably West Tennessee right now for March, but that could change. Uh, we'll keep everybody updated on that, but it's going to be really good. I mean, it's going to be something that people are going to want to see. Uh, we're also doing documentaries. Those will be, those will be members only stuff too. Wow. Um, so like on the hunters doing, and stuff? Yeah. It'll That's be cool. on dogmen. Not, not necessarily just coon hunters. Uh, we're going to do. Like I said, all the work in dog sports. Yeah. Um, but it'll be because nobody knows what uh, these guys go through on a day-to-day basis. And some of these guys are very entertaining. And so we're going to we're gonna get the cameras in front of them. They're going to do it. They're not going to do it for free. Uh, we're going to have to pay them. We're going to have to take cameraman time, uh, editing time, all that stuff. And that's all going to cost money too. And so we're going to try to get our subscription-based model up and running in 2024 to where it's not all on the backs of the sponsors and people are paying for content that is actually good to watch. Good for you can sit home with your kids and your wife at night and turn on the TV and have something that is worth watching, which is, in this day and age, a commodity. I agree. Now... Are y'all going to have like a world hunt at the end of whatever y'all are considering y'all's fiscal year or. We want, we want to have a hunt for the masses. Yeah. Where anybody can enter, uh, where it's a nominal fee to enter and under our rule set. Um, but that is a long ways away. Uh, the logistics of that is more difficult than people understand. And so we don't, to be honest with you, Cody, we don't know. Do we want to? You bet. I would love to. But whether we can or not is another question. I didn't know if y'all was going to try to do something like whoever's in the top 10 at this date comes together on a weekend and we draw out two. And if you win, you know, you hit a late round. I thought that that might be. That world championship and to be the Elite Handler Series world champion is going to be a thing you know that's going to be uh, i'll go ahead and announce this on your podcast oh breaking uh, news do, breaking news <laughs> the breaking news <laughs> we we do have the number one ranked handler john strickland and the number two ranked handler dustin weed scheduled uh to hunt it off and that will be our interim world champion i have the belt it's actually right here in front of me in my office i like that idea, i have the belt too. and everything and uh that will be the interim world champion. And one of those hunters, whoever wins that hunt, will have to defend it. And they'll defend it against the top 10 guy. Uh, and that'll be our world champion. They will get more money for a defense with no entry fee than any other kennel club. Well, we're not a kennel club. I want to make sure yeah. I announce that too. But any other promotion. Um, there's no entry fee. Uh, these guys are getting paid and... They're going to get a hunt in this, and the the Elite Handler Series World Champion is going to be a big deal. And I know I've talked to these handlers, and they want to have this belt, and they want to keep that belt. And every day, every time they defend it, they're going to get a new one. <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're not cheapskating and taking the belt and handing yeah. it off to someone else when they win That's it. You know, cool. they're going to get yeah, they're going to get a trophy room full of belts, and uh, they keep defending, they keep winning. They're going to be our world champion. And so we're going to do it differently than any of the kennel clubs. And a lot of that reason is because we love the kennel clubs. Yeah. UKC, PKC, Pro Sport, uh, we don't want to take entries away from them. And so to do this right, um, we have to cover their events through Canestream Media. And we have to have our own events that do not take away from, you know, those three major kennel clubs. I get it. I think I think it's awesome. I think I'm glad uh... – I'm glad that somebody's come along and has perfected. I've seen several people trying to do the heads up stuff, and I like the heads yeah. up because if you have three in the squirrel dogs or four in the coon dogs, if you get a couple that's just okay, mm-hmm. they can make or sway something that happens in a cast. And maybe the best dog, if those other two dogs wouldn't have been there, might right. get beat. 
So I like the idea of heads up. We see what you got yep. and we see what I got and we're going to run them right here. Yeah, the heads up format has been butchered a lot. And I held my first head to head hunt in 2019. I've been doing this for a while. And I've always thought head to head was the future and we're going to we're going to do it right. Um and I'm not trying to knock any of the other heads up organizations. I know the uh, the Knockout Kennel Club. Uh, that's a one, but we're not doing it in the kennel club format. We are not a kennel club. We are a promotion. Uh, we are a company that signs hunters and they hunt for us. And eventually down the road, uh, we're going to sign 20, 30, maybe 40 hunters. And they're not going to be allowed to hunt anywhere else. Yeah. You know, the goal is to where, uh, we take the elite handler series and we sign the best of the best and that's where they compete. Kind of like the UFC. Yes, exactly like the UFC. And I don't want to, Dana White looks like he's aged a thousand years in the last 10. <laughs> so, but he's living a pretty good I mean, life. He, I'm going to tell you. He does. He does. He's looked better. It might be from but, partying and not working. I don't know. Yes, but. it might be. I don't want to get a video of me <laughs> slapping my wife on YouTube or anything like that. But uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of modeling this after a boxing promotion or a, or a mixed martial arts promotion or something like that. So uh, UKC, PKC Pro Sport, they do such a fantastic job, and they're integral in dog sports. Uh, they are so important. And you look at the at the squirrel dog stuff, the NSD and the USDC and all that stuff, they're, they're integral in that sport. We don't want to take away from it. And so we have to find a way to do what we want to do without pulling entries from one of these other organizations because that is the – that is a, not only is it a bad business model, but it's bad for dog sports in general. Yeah. Now, now the time that most of our listeners has probably been listening to for, let's talk about the squirrel dog side of it. Yeah. Um, that's the side that I obviously enjoy the coon side of it, but I'm a little closer because I, I hunt in the hunts and the squirrel hunts. Um, I'm curious how y'all are planning on doing the squirrels. I assume it's the same head up and similar yep. situation. Yeah, it is. Um, we're going to sign some squirrel hunters, just like we do the coon dogs. Um, I've been in contact with yourself and Chris Knight and, and Joey Poston and others. Uh, what I want to do is get you guys together, get a rule set defined. Um, because the coon hounds, yeah, I can write the rule set. You know, I can, I can sit down, I can do that yeah. by myself. Um, I can send it to eight or 10 trusted guys and we can vamp the rules and we can get it to where we want it. But the squirrel log stuff, we're going to need some help. Just like we are the beagles and the retrievers and the upland dogs, pointing dogs. Uh, so, you know, that's a 2024 goal. Uh, we want to have some squirrel hunters signed by then. We want to start filming some head-to-head hunts, and, you know, it's going to be very similar to the Coonhounds. Um, Elite Handler Series rules. Uh, everything will be on camera. I want the best of the best and nothing else, you know, and, yep. and we're going to get those guys out there. We're going to give them a, a, a win money, you know. Guys can go up with no entry fee and win cash money. That's the only organization that's going to be able to do that for anybody, and – yeah, we want to get it all on film, and we want to see really good squirrel dogs in action. And I think, uh, you know, the squirrel dogs are a natural progression from the coonhounds. Yeah, you we're know, right behind them. y'all on everything that happens, yes, it seems. To... Exactly. I, I told Wade, I said, the next thing is squirrel dogs. And then we're going to move on to retrievers, and then pointing dogs, and then beagles. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to need some help. Yeah. It's going to be uh, challenging and difficult at times, just like it is with the coonhounds. But we're going to get there, and people are going to watch, and it's going to be great. I actually think that most coon hunters will be pleasantly surprised at the content you could get off of a squirrel hunt. Because it's during the day, so you're getting pretty good footage. Um, Exactly. Also, there is very little downtime. Like, if you get in a sure enough shootout, now, obviously, you can draw. There, it might be a situation where there's a cast full of dogs that aren't real go getters, and it's a bunch of downtime. But most casts that I go on, 
it's a shootout for nine, 90 minutes or an yeah. hour. I mean, it's very little standing still, about a lot like a coon hunt, except for it's probably more trees because we're not walking a mile to each tree. But, right. like, I just think logistically looking at it with not having to have lights and on, on cameras and and all that aspect, it ought to be easier to video now. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. Coon hunting, coon hunting is the absolute worst thing to try to get on video. I, I've talked to Austin Gentry, and he, you know, my little YouTube channel I do just for fun. I started off doing deer dogs, and I do squirrel dogs, and some shooting. But anyways, he's like, "Why don't you come out here?" And I'm like, "Dude, these GoPros don't pick up like low light situations. Right. Like, like if you want to look at <laughs> at maybe some disfigures out there, that'd be fine. Like, it's not gonna be real high quality." The lights on my GoPro look like an airplane should be landing. <laughs> it's blinding out there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and they are, coon hunts are difficult to film. Squirrel hunts are going to be so much easier. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to get um, a lot better content per hour. You know, I look at content per hour. Uh, what can I get in, you know, one hour of filming versus what I can get versus one hour of, of filming a coon hunt? And squirrel hunts are way easier. Yeah, uh, I realize, and, and squirrel hunting has such good people in it. Oh man, it, you know, wonderful people. It is. It's a lot of fun. Um, now, it. I guess, and you mentioned this on your podcast before. You know, you, the squirrel hunting. Most people think about their grandfather's old squirrel dog out there, and they're yeah. that's what they're imagining when they're going to a hunt. You know, or or of a squirrel hunt. You turn these dogs loose. These dogs of today are not generally not that that style dog no they're they're going and getting treed and they're staying there until you get there you know yep. i mean it's a lot of fun and one of the things i think would be cool if you could get some 360 cameras and put them on like poles and while the cast is standing there you could stick them in the ground that way if somebody's talking over here you could go back and forth yep do, now do y'all yeah, like we got go ahead we got, you were getting ready to ask if we mic the hunters, but yeah, we have, uh, some, uh, mics, lapel mics for the hunters. Yeah. Um, I know the first, uh, cane stream video that's coming out with, uh, Billy Bell and Michael Ward, it was raining like crazy. Oh, the whole cast, well. uh, two hours of pure downpour. And so we were limited on what we could do there, but we have plenty of equipment. We have plenty of stuff where we can mic the hunters. Um, the good thing about the camera that I was using with the Billy Bell and Michael Ward footage is that, you know, they, it does, it big shotgun mic, it did pick up most of what they were saying. And so there's a lot of logistical things that people don't take into account as far as filming hunts. But yeah, we're, we plan on shotgun micing everybody. We plan on uh, doing a lot of things that, that are going to, and we're only going to get better as time yeah. goes on. You look you know, at as you YouTube learn the process at the beginning. Yes. It's a lot worse than it is oh, yeah. in, in a, in two months, if you will. You'd cry if you see my first YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that, well, I, I've seen my and first YouTube video. It's got like 20,000 so. views. So I'm just like, who would watch this? Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so the one of well, the, yeah. big, go ahead. No, you're fine, Cody. Go ahead. I, I was finna shoot on. To, I was just trying to. I know we've been on here for a while. I know you got stuff to do. One of the big questions I get asked on the squirrel hunting side is: Is they're going? They're asking, "Well, how are y'all? They going to go about picking the people?" And I said, "Dude, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can ask." Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do it the same way we did with uh, the coon on side. We're going to have a committee. We're going to have the people that know the most about squirrel hunting because that ain't me i can name every coon hunter pretty much in the country and but i can't do it with squirrel dogs yeah and i can't do it with retrievers i can't do it with beagles i can't do it with bird dogs and so we're gonna have to have help uh we're gonna rely on guys like you and and others that that are in the know and in the business and we're gonna come up with the best list we know possible and yes we're gonna leave some folks out but that don't mean those folks aren't going to be there eventually. Uh, yeah. They can get there. We've got our eyes on them. We've got feelers out. Uh, we're going to constantly look for new talent and for roster changes. We're going to drop. We're going to add hunters. And it's going to be, if people bear with us, 
it's going to be good for everybody. That's the whole point of all this is it's going to be good for the everyday hunter that just goes out behind their house every now and then. It's going to be good for the hardcore competition hunter. It's going to be good for Joy Dog Food and all of our sponsors. And it's going to be good for the sport overall. That's the main thing. That's all we're, we're shooting for. Yeah. And so if we can get that done, then mission accomplished. Well, you know, with, with, with something new, excitement comes out. And, and this is such a now world. I want it now, 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 now. So, you know, people's like, well, who's going to be on the list? When's the list coming out? And I'm like, dude, I don't know any more than you do. I guess people think <laughs> that since since I we have a podcast and y'all do podcast stuff that, you know, we we talk a lot. So I, I'm just trying to get them the... <laughs> information like you'll have an idea you're gonna you're gonna be in the know here pretty quick so if anybody has any questions just message cody (laughs) (laughs) josh michaela's at so do y'all have like a do y'all want it to be done by this date for the squirrel side we're looking at january 1st 2024 january 1st of 2024 yes that that is when we're hoping to have our roster full uh, it's not going to be a lot of hunters at first. Um, I'm thinking 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have our we're going to have our 20 20 man roster, and you know we're going to go from there. And so that's the goal is January 1st, 2024. Could be as late as March, um, but you know, best laid plans of mice and men. You never know how that's going to happen. But we're looking 80 percent sure we're going to have a list by 2024. All right. Next question. Are y'all going to keep doing these events throughout the summer? Yes. Um, maybe. A lot of that is going to be um, decided by the hunters, uh, who we have signed, and guys like you that are in the know. Because, like I said before, I don't know squirrel dogs like I do coonhounds. And so we're, we want to make it the best possible viewing experience, and we also want to make it as honest as possible too yeah and so yeah it's i know it's hard to find a squirrel in july yeah well (laughs) yeah well i think that's a lot of uh uh area based if you're hunting in 30 foot tall timber it's a lot easier than if you're hunting in 90 foot tall timber right you know right you know and we're looking we're looking at leaves off stuff yeah uh we want leaves off stuff we want to be able to see the squirrel we want to be able to reward the dog that has a squirrel when it trees uh, that's the most important thing to me. Uh, that is, and contrary to popular belief, that's the most important thing to coon dogs. Yeah. A dog has to have a coon when it trees or it's not going to win big. And we want those same type of dogs in the squirrel dog events. For one, it's easier to film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two, I think that is the best reward process for the hunters and the handlers in the elite handler series is being able to verify that you had a squirrel. Yeah, I agree. I like it. I mean, and it's like I, I've harped on this and harped on this. I mean, we're not going out here and counting how many trees. Now, the problem is a squirrel can timber. It can be in a hole and it can be in a forest. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're out here to tree squirrels. Yeah. We're not going out here to see how many times my dog can tree without seeing a squirrel. I will say that we will not have a, as big a radius as some of the other organizations. Like your dog's gonna have your dog's gonna have to have a squirrel to win these hunts. You saying a squirrel in that tree? Like so? So in I don't know. Not necessarily in that tree, but it's not gonna be sixty feet. Uh, You think it's gonna be smaller than sixty feet? It it will be smaller than sixty feet. I heard that. Okay. (laughs) Wow. We are going to reward the dog that has the squirrel that the hunter can see, because think about the basis of squirrel hunting coon hunting um retrievers point the 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 end game is the game um yeah we're not we're not using them to feed our families but that is that is the the basis of what all these dog sports started at and so the benefit of that will not be given to the dog you better have an accurate squirrel treater to compete in the in the elite handler series or you're not going to win well, I think most of the problem is, is like for a coon, if it goes up this tree, mm-hmm. it's for the most part in that tree. 
Yeah, a squirrel might yeah. have and went I, up I, this I tree realize, and I realize, moved over. I realize foot. squirrels. I realize squirrels timber, and I realize there's a lot of dead trees out in this world, especially for a squirrel. But we're gonna reward the dog that has I, squirrels. I get it. I get it. Well, I ain't gonna make the list either way. So I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just say, out here talking. You say, for... You're on. You're on my email list, Cody. So. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Michaelis at Joy Dog Food. There you go. <laughs> so, so one of the things I did here, uh, also for y'all that, d- if you're not living under a rock, Mason just started the Coonhound University back up. Yep. But. I didn't realize that Joy Dog Food was such a small company. I thought, in my mind, 100, 200 employees. Was there seven? Yep. There's seven. That's pretty there amazing. Might be, I think there's eight. I think there's eight now. We just hired a new guy. There might be eight. That's pretty wild. That's uh, yes. doing big things with a small company. Or Well, hang on. Let me yes, rephrase so. that. Small employees. Yes. That's pretty wild. Last we, thing. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying that the being a family owned company and a small company is very important to joy dog food. Uh, we're not, we're not trying to build big high rises and we're not trying to, uh, you know, have new Bentleys for all of our CEOs. Uh, we're, we're wanting to, to pass a quality product onto uh, a people without a lot of extra cost. And yep. so that's what we do. And I'm proud to be a part of them. That's awesome. Well, the last thing I got is, is, for people that are wanting to see any of this information as far as the hunts, I assume it's all going to be on the same website or Facebook yeah. group. And- uh, we're, we're working on platforms still. Uh, but if you want to watch Elite Handler Series events and some of our other stuff, go to Canestream Media on YouTube. Just search Canestream. Uh, it'll be right there. Make sure and subscribe. You know the, the whole routine. But uh, that is where you're going to get a, a very good portion of what we're doing. And oh. any other announcement that we have to make, as much as, like I said earlier, I hate using Facebook, um, Canestream Media and Elite Handler Series, both on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter here pretty quick, probably by the time this podcast airs and TikTok and I was trying to all the other website. stupid platforms Don't that we use. Website. We do have EliteHandlerSeries.com. That's what I was wanting to plug. All right, so yep. so there yep. is going to be uh, a website. Yes, there will be a website. Uh, Canestream Media website is still in the works. We have a very good uh, company working on it right now. And hopefully by the time this podcast airs, it'll be out. Um, if it's not, it'll be not long in the coming. Yeah. Well, uh, well Mr. Josh, what, what else is there? Is there anything else that we hadn't touched on that while we're on you'd like to touch on? No, just uh, like and subscribe. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, like, subscribe to the kids and your family and everybody else. Yes. Yep. Get your mamas and your uncles and your aunts and all that stuff, yep. and uh, we'll bring some good stuff to you. Hopefully, yep. us houndsmen, all the support houndsmen. So yes, amen. All right, Josh, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna let you get out of here. All right, I appreciate right. it, Cody. Thank you.